absent friends. Two absent friends. I'll drink to that and then. A toast to absent friends. Oh, I didn't have a drink. Uh-uh. Toast. A toast. Imaginary toast to absent friends. My name's JD from When the Lights Go Out. And I am Sam from Sam Miami. SamMiami.substack.com. And today we're going to do a bit of Tina over here. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm already doing Tina right now. We're Big wheel. We're doing Tina in Wilted Manners. <laughs> Big um, wheel. Keep, keep on, on turning. Turning. Proud Merrick, keep on burning. Burning. Proud Merrick, keep on burning. And we're rolling. And we're rolling right into this review of Tina. It wasn't phenomenal. This is. I have noticed so many people, like, is, I don't know if it's just my feed, so many people in the area are going to see Tina that are not musical theater girlies at all. Yeah, and it, it kind of makes me realize that I, I think Tina Turner has a much bigger fan base than really I, I realized at first. I don't know how you yeah. felt about it. I mean, obviously Tina Turner is, like, just one of those juggernaut names that gets kind of thrown around when you talk about American like icons. music in the last, like, yeah, like 50 years, but... uh even longer in her case. I know my wig is all messed up. We're both wearing Tina wigs right now, actually. Um, <laughs> That's what we say when we're doing Tina. <laughs> yeah, we're doing Tina. We're doing a bit of Tina. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. It's like, I always think of her as an icon, and I know definitely, like, the queens love to do Tina. They do. Especially here in Wilton. Uh, well, I mean, the impersonators. I don't know what they're doing, what other Tina they're doing down here. <laughs> yeah, they- the drag queens love her. But also, like... I think everyone's just like mom and dad and grandma and aunt and uncle loves Tina Turner too. She's the safe impersonation you can break out that like your mom will know and like your aunt will know when they come to the show. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the basic info about Tina. Let's, let's throw it. it over to our producer. Stefan. No, Stefan got fired oh, on yeah. the last podcast. This one's name's Mikhail. Mikhail, I can't keep up. Mikhail is going to keep us on track today. So, Tina, first national tour, book by Katori Hall, um, also known for P-Valley, and Frank Kittelar, and Keys Prince. <laughs> Keys, Keys Prince? <laughs> Keys Prince. I like, hope I'm saying that right. It sounds like a Cuban name. <laughs> Cuban yeah, yeah. Name. Keys Prince. Music <laughs> by Tinter Turner, directed by Felidia Lloyd. Felidia. Of... of Mamma Mia, the film, opened on Broadway at the Lunt Fontan in October 2019, starring Adrian Warren, shows one of a handful of musicals to open before COVID-19 um, and during that season, making it eligible for the Tonys cutoff. The 2021 Tonys saw Tina nominated for 12 Tonys and only winning one for Adrian Warren as uh, her role as Tina. The show closed on Broadway in August of 2022 with 27 previews and 482 performances. But the first North American tour opened in September 2022 in Rhode Island. The version we saw played at the Broward Center in Fort Lauderdale, starring Naomi Rogers as Tina, 
sharing the role with Zurin Villanueva every other show. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I um actually I went to London in October of 2021. Mm-hmm. And I think it had just debuted on at the West End. And man, oh man, everyone had Tina fever in London. Let me tell you something. Like every single fucking bus I got onto, Tina, big. I, I actually went past the theater. I, I don't remember which one exactly it was that it was at. And it looked like Caesar's Palace, like all lit up and like you know, you know how like it's like really like glittery, like Tina. Oh yeah, the branding. Yeah, so glamorous. It just had a giant sign. It was like illuminating the whole street. It was. It was, it was right by. Um, and I remember this because I thought it was so weird. Um, Drury Lane, like Drury you know, Lane, yeah, like you know, like the the Muffin, the Muffin Man. Man, right? I was like, this is a real place. Yeah, the Muffin Man. <laughs> and the Tina Turner musical is right over here. Yeah, and he like, lives on Drury Lane. Yeah, so Tina was on Drury Lane with the Muffin Man. Um, oh, I guess does the she Muffin know the Man Muffin likes Man. to do Tina? I think she might. <laughs> she used to live in London. Ike Turner's the Muffin Man. Ooh, let, let, okay. Honestly, like. I feel like we should talk about that son of a bitch like as little as possible. Because oh, yeah. one thing, ever since we saw the musical, I've been watching a lot of um, interviews with Tina from like, I saw a really long one with Oprah from 2013, one with Larry King from 1997, and even at like the 1997, which is actually before I was even born. Um, oh, thanks. Right. <laughs> um, oh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Too, yeah. Wow. Um you see Larry grilling her about this band. And, you know, she talked about it because I feel like on one hand she felt an obligation to talk about it because Ike kind of, not Ike, Larry kind of went into talking about how she's become a bit of, like, in his words, a feminist hero for a lot of people because of everything she's been through. And um, I think because of that she feels a responsibility to talk about her story because, I mean, I can't, I think at the time when she came out with it, those things were a bit more like hush hush and kind of more like swept under the rug than they are now. So yeah, like it was, it was really a common thing to get like, especially yeah. in these earlier like earlier stories about like rock stars and like people in this industry. It's like there's always abuse going on. Yeah, it just like was never like as publicly like known about like yeah. until Tina Turner. But even um, at that point in 1997. She had already been dating uh, the German man who she's now married to for well over 10 years. You know, that was a chapter in her life. Like she didn't, and, and that man really, really put her through hell in a big way. And I think history is actually like far too kind to him. Like everyone knows what they, he was, it wasn't just him beating her up too, though. It was like, I mean, his name's honestly kind of synonymous with yeah, domestic abuse than it is it with his music. Be. He set one of their homes on fire, shot guns off at her. Like it was like some real terrible, terrible. None shit. of that is in the music, by a musical, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing too. I heard. Um, I think in 1997 was when the What's Love got got to do with it movie was coming out oh yeah and that's when um a lot of it was brought to light but what you saw tina saying in the interview then was you know you can't even you you can't even put the entire truth into the movie and i think it's the same for the musical 
Because people wouldn't even believe it. It was just, it would be so excessive. Yeah. But that's the reality. She was with that man for like 16 years. And he was a monster. And he was a monster. And he robbed her from the crib. Let's not gloss over that either. Oh, yeah. So she, was a, he, she, she was in high school. And he convinced her mother to let her go off and be exploited by him. On tour. On tour. And then eventually no make him marry her. And now, while we're on the subject, let's just like get this out of the way because I don't want to talk about Ike like, as much as possible. Um, so Tina ha- has four kids, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure. You did say there's some kind of scandal with her kids. But like, let's just The kids the say they the don't doubt. talk to her. Anymore. The ones that are alive yeah. still don't let's, talk to her. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, she had two kids biologically that were hers. One was by a saxophone in the player in the band that she was actually in love with who was who in Raymond. the musical? Raymond. Who played him? Raymond was played by Taylor A. Blackman. Good. He, he did well. I love... I Honestly, it's a smaller role. I think he was playing backup for most of the show, but it was like... I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, for those uh, scenes where even he's getting knocked around. Yeah. There's actually... In this show... Massive trigger warning if you ever go see the show. There is a lot of like violence, like on stage. It's choreographed violence. It's like not actually happening. Uh, I we were in like the closer rows, so you can kind of see them. Like you know, it's not clearly they're they're clearly not getting hit. They're like smacking the hand and like the faces, and they're moving out of the way. From the back rows, it may look a little more like actual physical abuse is happening. Um. So she has one kid by Raymond, one kid by Ike, and then. The other two boys she raised weren't even her biological children. They were Ike's kids. And she raised these kids after she separated from Ike with no help from Ike whatsoever. Like, they were literally on food stamps at one point. So, like, let's just let it be known how much of a piece of shit Ike really, really was. Oh, in real life, horrible. But yeah, Garrett Turner, no relation somehow, played him (laughs) quite well. Yeah, right. And that's that, and that must be a difficult role to play. I mean, I it's like you were a hated, literal villain. I hated him so much at the end when he like joined forces with the mom on her deathbed. Oh my god, and that's scummy. Ugh. And then it's like they come out in curtain call. You have to remember they're not an act, they're not actually that person. Yeah, I know. It's like this is it's just a role. It's like they come out at the end and never. It's like a slightly less applause. Yeah, but honestly. You've got to give it to Garrett for, like, playing that role But I have seen musicals well. before, though. Like, when someone does a really good job at playing the bad guy, they come out and they get booed. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like, we saw... Which one did we see like that? I want to say Anastasia for some reason. There was some musical we saw where the bad I don't guy think I... comes out, curtain call, and they're like, boo. I don't think anyone felt strongly about Anastasia. Oh, I don't feel as strong about Anastasia. There was... Oh, my God. What musicals did we see last year? Oh my god! Well, I can look on my mezzanine app when I was mezzanine, not sponsored. Um, they would be a good sponsor. I would love mezzanine. (laughs) This the uh, you know ad time. (laughs) There's nothing I love more than logging my experiences at the theater. I just see so many shows in one year that I just can no longer keep track. You know, I saw a record twenty three shows last year. Incredible. What did we see together? We saw Anastasia side by side by Sondheim. Cats? No, it was not a cat. <laughs> the there's no, cats. there's a villain in cats, but no, no, the plot is not coherent. Beautiful? Was it beautiful? Was it? Be- I was. I'm thinking. Was it beautiful? Did, did they did boo the Jerry Goffin? Did yeah? Did the ex-husband get booed? Did they boo Jerry? Was it Hamilton? Mm-mm. There's not really. A, 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 it might have been beautiful. It was either Anastasia really the or husband. Beautiful. 
Yeah, he got booed. Uh, while we're on the subject of the... Oh, also, embargo on the word biomusical. <laughs> Biopic. The biomusical. Uh, embargo for that word. Um, <laughs> I remember someone... I read this on like a YouTube comment. Someone was saying like basically that they're not supposed to be the enemies in Beautiful. Like her and Cynthia, or Cynthia and her husband and Carol and uh, Jerry. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be like Fred and Ethel and like yeah. Ricky and Lucy, basically. It's like that makes sense. They're friends. Except the husband sucks. Oh, the husband so Jerry Goffin sucks. He got a little too realistic with his Ricky. That's why. <laughs> well, that's why. It's like, that's why I think Tina is like such a directly obvious thing to make the stage musical version of, kind of. Because her life has so much like turmoil in it and so much story oh, so, there. The, the, first, the first act is just so sad it's just domestic violence the it's musical literally oh my i thought little shop of horrors was like rough this was like yeah imagine little shop but it's only the dentist and audrey <laughs> right it's For like real. and if audrey is like the, like, the main character they had some really great music so let's get through it oh so many good so many yeah. iconics not bush city limits yeah it's also the thing of like i think it's a thing in these this genre of musical where like diegetic songs oh thank god let's take off these fucking wigs i'm taking off my i'm taking off this wig this is so oh sorry you can never be you're not built for this life no i'm not um we're like diegetic songs are like kind of shoehorned in like the beginning like nutbush city limits is diegetic within like the scene oh bitch i just remembered i know who got booed who was it hades (gasps) oh really in hades town yeah he got booed they everyone hated him at the end i loved him like he did good but they were like boo but not because he did bad no because he did it really well yeah yeah although i heard them laughing because he's we met that man at the stage or he's like fully a tenor and like his voice is up here and like fully hades is down here his voice is up here oh no (laughs) not jordan peterson jordan peterson Twelve rules for the rainbow. Why do we build the wall, my children? (laughs) My children. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, this is insane. Okay. (laughs) Back to Tina. Back to doing Tina. What happens? Okay. Uh, Mikhail, you're supposed to keep us on track. Mikhail. Oh my god. He's our intern uh, from University of Miami. He doesn't know anything, but he's, he's also a, a doorman at Twist. He has a Tesla that his parents own. <laughs> Wait, can we get into it with our rule of the theater number uno, numero uno? Numero uno. Turn, Turn off, your phone off your fucking cell phone. Turn the fucking phone off. Oh my god, I think at this show, I noticed so many phones going off. Like, post pandemic, like, what are we doing? I mean, and the thing is, it's always old people inevitably it's, it's yes. never someone our age because honestly i haven't heard my phone ring since like 2009 i am my petrified phone silent all the time yeah i don't care even when the i'm day. not in the theater and then also aside from that i turn my phone off yeah even if it is on silent, i turn it all the way off so like my light isn't coming up if i get a text message or something like what if i'm oh my god respect remember like, just be present turn your phone off have like two hours out of your day that you don't need are you're not if you are if someone needs you 
don't go to the fucking theater. Uh, I know. Oh my god! Remember when we were seeing side by side by Sondheim, and there was that <laughs> man in front of us who was fully looking at nudes on his phone. It's it tiered like, seating. It's at the art center, so it's tiered yeah. seating. We could see downward I into. Still have a video of it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> that no, was but even I have brought like friends to the theater before, and they'll fully be like texting in the middle of a show. When it's like it's like okay, at least you're not making noise, but but like. But come on. Come on. Are you that attached to your phone? Like that's the thing about theater. It's like, you know, you get dressed up, Just you go out. get a little dressed up. I mean, I I've come in sweatpants and t shirts sometimes, but <laughs> uh uh I just like Take some time out of your fucking day. We're so connected. There's so many screens these days. We say with like fifty yeah. screens around us in the studio. And yeah. it's like take this two hour break from your fucking phone to just like enjoy a show also it's set in the 70s there weren't phone in the 70s There's no phones it's like that's why i God mean damn it i feel like we shouldn't have to infantilize people like make them lock up their phones like comedians do right well it's just like and, I, and it's not even like ages but it's like it's always the older people always and it's like you think they would be the first people to be like okay let me just turn my phone well they forget they remember their phone they don't remember their alarms because this has happened like twice now just turn off the whole phone no it's like what's it called i remember Hades sound the first time i saw it on broadway and this is like my first broadway show back and during the quietest part of the show during no it was a oh what's the alarm sound you know what's the most alarming one is of at least for iphones is the bell tower the Ding dong, ding dong, ding oh dong, my ding god! Dong, ding dong, ding dong. Or no, the, the, the other tier of person who has the Android phone, the. Or the. Oh my god! Turn it off. You heard the announcement at the beginning. Who do you think you are? I love when they're actually like emergency warning sounds like. Argh, oh my. Argh. Where were we? Was it Anastasia? The whole time it's in like some octogenarian's purse. She's like, <gasps> oh heavens. Like, oh goodness. <gasps> no. Okay. Suzanne, it's time to take your clonopin. <laughs> or missing child in the area. Where? Yeah. <laughs> I was at Bjork. I was at Bjork last year, and I swear, I think everyone got a collective Amber Alert at the beginning of the show. Oh my goodness! It's like Dan. I'm so glad I didn't go to that. I love Bjork. I'm glad I got. I didn't. I'm glad I didn't pay for tickets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going. Like, it, it, uh, it's just there are certain shows that just every gay man in Miami is going to go to, and you can't bo- be bothered to go see them because you might yeah. see someone. Yeah. Well, and then it becomes like a pissing contest with who has the better tickets to, and who has the better partner. Oh yeah. <laughs> who's the better upgrade of partner that's the the symbol set the status symbol like oh sorry you're in or you're in balcony i'll say though at sorry, Center. i'm an orchestra right with a twink Anyway, getting back to the tinta of it all. Tinter. Um, 
So we're not talking about he who shall not be named. No. I think one of the absolute standouts of this show that we just talked about has to be... Oh, who do we see at this performance? Oh. Was it... I think it was... Oh, yeah. Ava Johnson. Ava Johnson as young anime. She was so good. I loved her. I... I had to explain to my sister because she thinks that you know the Beyonce song. Ah, uh, what was that? Beyonce, uh, "Drunken Love," uh-huh. where when JC says "Eat the Cake, Anime," yeah, he she thinks that's like she thinks that's saying "Eat the Cake" and something about anime. Uh huh. Her it's a reference to something that uh what was it Ike would say to anime. Anime. Yeah, eat the I cake, did anime. Not know that. Yeah, that's actually wow. about anime Bullock about tina turner incredible it's like and that's kind of again how it has so permeate cultural uh the cultural norm of ike turner is not about any and he is not known for any of his songs no one knows rocket 88 no one knows no. any of his songs and that's we the thing just it's know like, him for being a monster and that even that to this day like drunken love especially with the <laughs> that leaked dubai audio now drunken love is like popular again oh my god it's like eat the cake anime is literally a reference to Tina Turner's life. Yeah, wow. I wonder what it's from though. What what cake was she eating? I I will full disclosure. I haven't seen uh what's it called the movie. Um, mm, what's I've got to do with so it? It's from the movie. I think it's something involving the movie. What's I've got to I do with it? Mikhail researched this for I, me. I remember it being like on TV when I was younger. And my oh yeah, it's like one of those daytime like, like nightlight uh what do you call it? lifetime shows that's always on during the day. Eat the cake. Oh, according to Urban Dictionary, when she was in a diner, she after she released her first single, two kids came up to her and asked for a photograph, not her husband Ike's. And so Ike got jealous, and he got some cake so they could celebrate, but when Anime didn't want to eat it, he said, eat the cake, Anime, and forced it into her mouth. Eat the cake, Anime! And started attacking anime. her. Wow. Wow. I will never listen to that song the same way. Again. Drunken Love. Wow. Well, neither will Beyonce because she'll be doing. <laughs> That's me yeah. assaulting your ears with that my <laughs> bad impersonation of the leaked audio, the <laughs> Dubai concert. That's me. That's my best. Hey, it's me, Beyonce. I mean, she gave them a twenty-four million dollar concert. I guess. With the fi- I think those fireworks alone were worth twenty-four million. For real, god damn! Imagine you're trying to sleep in the fucking Dubai it, hotel. They opened in Atlantis. Oh, they opened. Oh, that's what it was for for the hotel opening of an Atlantis. Isn't there Atlantis in like uh? Yeah, the Bahamas, right? I think there's like two. I think they have one in Jamaica too. Yeah, right. And they're like identical. That costs twenty four million dollars. I'm willing to bet the one in Dubai is probably identical too. I was gonna say, why would you fly halfway across the country to do the same thing you could do in Jamaica? It's like twenty four. I mean, like. Maybe they were selling tickets to go to the concert. Right? Well, I have to wonder where the stipulation was if you got the tickets. Like, because there's a lot of leaked footage from this show. Like, we're not, yeah. no one's pretending anymore. There is so much footage of the Beyonce well, is it Dubai leaked concert. Or were they just allowed to film? No, they were not allowed to film. Oh, wow. I, I know people said in the tickets, like, the ones that got the tickets, that filming was like, like, not allowed or something. I don't know if it's like, like, you know, the theater where it's like, uh, you know how we're kind of like at this show. Even at Tina, it was like, um, oh, I was told not to record, even though the whole place was re- okay. But like when there's the like after they all do their bows, if they're gonna perform, 
The curtain that's call. Open game. The curtain call performance is open game. It is a it is a and tricky thing because these balls don't understand. Oh, God. These volunteers are the same people whose phones be going off during the performance too. Like let's that is true. Real. The same demographic. Well, okay. So what I, from my understanding, is that the union sometimes have a different thing. Like it's so weird at Hades Town. I could record uh, the when we raise our cups, the curtain call, right? But then at uh, the tour version here at our center, they's like, I literally have it on video. Them telling me, no, you can't record this. I think they just don't. I don't think they do, and I, did, I think they have to either tell them or like be explicit. Because yeah. even Hamilton, Hamilton, they were just like so weird about it. They were like, like no photos of like the set. It's like I'm taking a photo of like my playbill. It's like I mean, what are you gonna do? You make me delete it? What are you gonna do? Come on now. It's like it's like the little eco trips that they sometimes get. It's like I know you're trying to like. I don't even think it's about protecting actors or like intellectual property at a certain point. This is just to feature an ego. Okay, and we're back. So, after our, a word from our sponsor, Mezzanine. After our word for our sponsor, the Mezzanine app. Um, I think that this show was just like, cause it's been a few days. For, it's been a, a hot minute since we saw this show. I think definitely what I took away from it was like, aside from the domestic abuse, um, gorgeous gowns, beautiful gowns. I really love the costuming of it. I still remember the end of the show because. The thing is that they did a lot of really good wig and costume, like, quick changes. Because she's barely ever off stage. Like, the most she was off stage is for, like, two minutes between the acts. Between, like, songs, right? Yeah. And there was one... Oh. Oh. The, the wig... But she was on stage. Like, she was on stage. Her her cast did her dirty. I think whoever's on her right side, because I know... I think the trick of the show is... The trick of the costume changes is that every new wig... They basically, I mean, there's one point where, like, the girl's, like, has her skirt up and she's, like, covering her as they're putting mm-hmm. on the wigs. So there's two ways I think this works. I think one is the Hedwig way, where they use, like, a mag... It's... They said they use magnets in the Hedwig, in Hedwig to, like, do the quick changes. So, like, during Wig in a Box, it's so... I think it's, like, a magnetic strip or something on the forehead. Then it attaches to the wig or something. Okay. And it locks in, like, magnetically. Sickening. And it's like, I think it's a wig cap with magnets. Or I think in the last one, I think I literally saw a girl's pinning the wig into her head. And I think that's why I did not see. I saw one side of the lace just flapping at me. It was bad. It was talking to me. I was like, that. it's like the Sugar and Spice RuPaul's Drag Race intro. Where like Sugar's lig- wig is like literally lifting. Oh, no. I, I could... That, yeah, it was bad. That whole side of her wig was talking to me. Her wig was singing too because it was flapping in the wind. Oh, and, and I'm also sitting next to a seasoned drag queen next to me, and we're just like, and we're just seasoned. undercooked. <laughs> I'm kidding, I love her. Uh, we were just both watching, like, her wig isn't on. Like, we're just like, wait, are they going to fix the. Because she can't leave the stage. She cannot leave the stage. So they're just like, hoping on a wing and a prayer that that and it did stay on it stayed on until the curtain call like all the way to the end of the show that holding on but it was like and it's the iconic big hair too it's the what's love got to do with the hair 
It was. It was the, the choppy mullet. The choppy mullet with the big blonde bombshell hair, and it was like flapping. Okay, and but I, not to go back to that 1997 uh, Larry King interview too much, but her hair was sickening in that interview. Was it the bob? Sickening. It was. It was. It was like a variation of the choppy mullet, like a little shorter. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of volume up top, but it was giving like bangs. The bang. It, 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 it was like an anime. Not, not oh. anime bullock, but like it looked like something like anime. out of like, like, like kawaii, yeah, kawaii, like 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 manga. Like it was like it was awesome. Was it wait? So it wasn't like volume? Was it like because you up top mm-hmm. went out on the sides, bangs, and then like straight. You've got to show me it. I've got to like look this up because I'm like. I sent you the. Let me show you. I remember seeing it. I I didn't think of the hair at the time. Let me show you. Oh. oh. You got to show me. I was thinking. Tina Turner left the United States. Larry King. Oh, this mullet. Okay. Yeah, this like bigger hair. It's definitely like, yeah, without the back. It's like the the party in the front, no business in the back. Yeah. Yeah, she looks. It it is. It's like it's giving anime, right? Like. It is. And like like an anime villain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just because now she kind Yu-Gi-Oh. of like in that HBO Seto Kaiba from Yu Gi Oh. No, that is Yu Gi Oh. I mean, now she kind of likes those bus driver wigs and like her HBO Max. Uh, uh, she had that HBO Max documentary about her life that I gotta watch. Yeah, I saw some clips about. Okay, by the way, whoever shot the HBO thing, beautiful. Like all the scenes, all the, the confessionals that I was watching gorgeous they look like oil paintings like the lighting the whatever like they, they did it at like the right time of day kind of situation the right like natural lighting coming in everything's just uh, unless it's just like it might be the same filter over everything but beautifully shot whoever did that i just looked that up it could like, be although i i remember in that documentary did she mention anything about like how she kind of wished she quit sooner to spend life with her children i i haven't seen it I, I saw um I, was like, so, I saw a lot of clips. Oh, true. I got yeah, I have HBO Max. I should watch it later. Um, because I was thinking. So I was thinking of another kind of parallel between Tina Turner and Beyonce, where it's like, um, there's a part in one of these either movies or that documentary where Tina Turner basically says she wishes she quit sooner, so yeah. she could spend time with her children and her like have a, you know a private family life. Because now, I mean, if for those who, for the girls that don't know, Tina Turner is living her life with her German husband over in Switzerland. Oh yeah, she in money. Oh yeah, she that money. She gets those royalty checks, just rakes in. She does not work. I wonder how much money she's made off this musical. Oh my god, because she's a producer. She is a yeah. producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it closed, it's still a national tour. All kinds of checks off this musical. Oh yeah, especially because so yeah, there is this production. I think you pass in London the well the West End production, which I was gonna say. Yeah. So actually, this show tried out in London, like before it went to the to America. I think it did a try in London, and I think uh, once it closed, or no, it was open in America, but then they kept the London production open, or they reopened it with another actress. Okay. Yeah, they because it was Adrian Warren before, but then Adrian Warren went to Broadway, but then she didn't. She did not come back for the London production. (laughs) 
my least favorite trope in the biographical musical genre <laughs> is that of the I don't want no part of that shit uh from like dewey cox where it's always the scene inevitably uh-huh. of like someone getting someone else getting hooked on a drug uh-huh. and it's just like what well, it's like you see them go from like the innocent little person to like well i don't know about drugs and yeah. then <laughs> then they go right into the next scene and it's like they're like a fucking cokehead or like in tina's t- case it was like doing amphetamines and opioids yeah. well and i i saw um an acceptance i think i think it was for a grammy um, Tina went up to accept the Grammy and she's like, you know, I've worked my whole, I think it's got some kind of special award actually, like honoring Tina. I can't remember. Exactly like a lifetime achievement award. Something like that. And she goes, you know, I've worked my whole life for this and I just want to tell you, you know, I was able to achieve this because I was focused. No alcohol, no drugs. I was focused. She had like this very like kind of like puritanical message for the yeah. people, our Buddhist queen, right? Um, oh true but let's let's talk about well she's like she, spiritually it's so weird because like she's spiritually buddhist but she's like religiously still baptist yeah. Let, let's just let's just put a, a a button in um he who shall not be named real quick because you know how he died in 2007 the age of fucking 503 however the whole old he was at that point seriously uh cocaine overdose wow cocaine overdose. Yeah. and in the whole show it's like talking about like how he used to do coke uh during the show or during for the performances and it's also the thing like in that show there's fucking ronnie specter as a character yeah or no phil specter wait was it phil specter it was phil specter ronnie specter was his unfortunate wife who had to deal with all of his shit so phil specter's yeah. a character and you know what phil specter said uh when we when what's love got to do with it came out what phil specter uh marvel of man himself was like oh they didn't get ike's side of the story right and they were like it's like he wasn't and then he spoke at the oh, funeral oh. it's like now he, that we he know he spoke at his funeral he spoke at his funeral oh my god even though he was the one who insisted that ike not sing on river deep mountain high Son and and it's just like what's it called yeah he was like oh of course Ra- phil specter is gonna be the one to give ike turner the fucking i don't know the redemption narrative because it's like oh he wasn't that's it, not who he was irredeemable irredeemable you know it, I, I have to say um th- there also is something about you know my heart really does bleed for people struggling with, with drug addiction um but let, like let's talk about a, a dmx for instance like I, I really love dmx i love his music so much and i think he was probably a really great person from everything i understand but that man in the end everyone knew he had drug problems his oh yeah career uh, predating his career it's almost like when um, they say it in their songs too yeah but it's like you have all the resources in the world and you have a family that you're supposed to be there for and you can't get clean like i just i don't know like but by the grace of god go i you know what i mean like think i'm very fortunate i guess that i've never had to deal with um issues with substance abuse like that oh yeah nothing hard no hard shit come on like i've i've quit like i've quit cigarettes you know what i mean like it's a it's a but i've also never been like a millionaire that has resources exactly and you know so i just i i i I lose a lot of respect to people when they when they lose their battle like that yeah they have families that need them around and kids that want them around and then you leave your ex-wife to raise your kids yeah yeah i i mean and he was already a piece of shit by the time he died in 2007. So he, he's just very irredeemable in my eyes. So irredeemable. I think... Well, and, like, the fact that, like, 
places like the hall, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, we're gonna induct Ike and Tina. No, but why don't you just oh, yeah. induct Tina? They eventually did. Tina carried their career. Why are we honoring this monster that was her abuser for sixteen years? Seriously, someone that basically took her as a kid and just like made her her. Yeah, and no one would know who this son of a bitch is if it wasn't for Tina. No one knows any of it. No one can name a Ike Turner song. The reason she has Tina as a name is because he got it. He gave her that name and copyright it before, um, before she even knew what was happening. Yeah, she was seventeen. You know, so that was the one thing she got in their divorce. She didn't get any money. She got the name Tina Turner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all. She's like, I can. And they talk about I can keep the rights of my songs, but I get to keep. I get to keep my name. Ridiculous. That's my Angela Bassett. Which was probably a good idea for her, but. I mean, she's so was, lost the the rights of the songs. Behavior. And like, I just part another reason why I hate like dwelling on just like the atrocities of this man so much is because. It just makes Tina seem like she's such a victim. Um, and that's all there is to her life. It's yeah, like the biggest part of the story. Yeah. Which it's not. I mean, and also she she is fully Buddhist. Yeah, she's fully. She, she like fully converted. She doesn't. It's no like. Oh, she has no. Nothing. There's she no more baptism Baptist. anymore. Yeah, she's, she was fully Buddhist. Oh, that's she like a little story. Like Buddhist chants and stuff too with a lot of people. Well, really Buddhism is a spirituality of, more than like a quote unquote she, she religion. She has a specific like sect too. I forget exactly what it's called, but the Namyang Go people like they're a specific sect from Japan oh. that she belongs to. So like she and she's like. Really oh, when they started chanting at the beginning of the show, when she started doing that chant, I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah. I was like, "What is going?" Well, okay, because that kind of brings me to the. <laughs> they did it like comically because she was like, <laughs> like nasally. It's like she's literally about to go on stage, and it's just like from the back. I think it's the thing is like the show tries to like really drive home, and like kind of why it feels like a P Valley, very this century kind of show is the fact that it's like they're trying to root the whole thing in like generational trauma like it Mm. goes from like very clearly allegory slave uh actors in the background going and turning into like a baptist church choir singing nutbush city limits yeah nutbush rest in peace naya rivera yes it's like because it was basically it's just like you didn't know Naya Rivera died? died? I forgot. Those Glee kids are dropping like flies. They're they're literally. Fox News is right. They are satanic sacrifices. No, I think that's just Ryan Murphy. We have to. How many twinks will be investigated in Ryan Murphy shows? No, he's the one that's still alive. Thankfully, Puck went to prison for and then killed himself. Murphy. He killed himself in prison. Yes, because he was about to go away for a while. And then homeboy overdosed. Yeah, uh, Michelle's boyfriend. Oh, uh, and yet we're still stuck with Leah Michelle. Uh, yeah. Amber yeah. Riley seems to be doing all right. Amber Riley, have you seen her Z-Way interview? I saw clips. I want to watch the full thing. She refuses to like. She kind of like. There's a part where she says like, um, like I said, some folks will say they're colorblind, but they won't admit that they're their uh hatred is rooted in bigotry because no one's like mm. no one is ever truly colorblind yeah and it's just like she won't admit that she won't say this because she's i i was i think she was one of the first people to break the leah michelle story that yeah. like leah michelle is because z was trying to say is your 
famous co- former co-star in equals opportunity bully or uh-huh. was it based in racism and it's like i think that she's trying to say that she is i mean amber riley won't say it out loud but i, I yeah you can kind of tell it sucks as a lot of the co-star uh there's that sur- there's that glee documentary that's coming out soon oh that would be where they literally talked to like cast members who said like uh who like featured uh, extras or something on the show yeah you know the story about like lee michelle telling that one extra like um he couldn't come to a cast part of that that uh what's that what's that tissoy's name um who? um the half filipino one hmm. um though he's gay in the show but not gay in real life he played hedwig darren chris, darren chris. yeah tissoy is a, was a word filipinos use that means half breed okay um like like pinoy but like tisoy um he basically invited this extra onto to like a after to a rap party basically and then like uh the one girl who was like in the cast said you can't come in sorry cast only and but then he's like but darren invited me and she's like and he's like yeah well someone on the cast doesn't want you here and he's like is it leah and she kind of looks like no what a bitch and yet she's in funny girl and she's selling out every night girl that's truly the thing about she's broadway the anti-hero oh my god <laughs> she's it's a f- me she's fucking rich Hi, i'm the problem it's leah <laughs> stop oh my god not the not you giving her her midnight's era no. oh god it's the thing about the f- it's the it's this thing with Broadway people where it's like we have so many fucking unrepentant monsters in just this industry that are we're expected to kind of like bow down to because they're quote unquote talented. It's mm. like first of all, I can find so many more talented people than Leah Michelle in like a regional theater, like in the in the fucking are any of the actual talent actually like talented people like really monsters though. I. Like, I would have like think Indina so. Like, Menzel, is she a bitch? I don't think so. I wouldn't think so. She doesn't so. seem like it. She doesn't seem... I mean, I, I don't know her Old personally. Leah Michelle. <laughs> Stop. The OG Leah Michelle. The original no. Leah Michelle. The oh, actually her, Jewish Leah Michelle. The fact that they had her and what's that bitch's name on the show um, from Wicked. Oh, oh, Kristen Chenoweth? Yeah. No, Indina Menzel was her mother in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they had Oh, Kristen, Kristen Chenoweth, Chenoweth was a character, was too. too. Yeah. That's right. Like dating the teacher. Oh, Will Schuster. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I had such a crush on him. Matthew Morrison and from Hairspray. I, and then I started dating someone who looks. Like oh! <laughs> did I or did I not? Is it right? Oh, you're not I'm wrong. Not oh, you're not wrong. I'm I wish not. you were wrong. <laughs> oh, that's agonizing. You're part of the Glee Cinematic Universe. We're all just living in the Glee Cinematic I know. Universe. It is. This is the Glee Cinematic Universe. Well. For when the lights go out and absent friends, I've been JD. And I'm Sam. And we'll see you at the theater. Bye, Zs.